Hello, and welcome to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true, and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. If you've been following along, then you know we've been learning a lot about the kings of Israel. In fact, we're coming to the end of our series on the kings of Israel. We only have a couple more kings left to learn about. We've spent much time walking through the books of First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles in the Bible, learning all of the good and bad kings of Israel. God knew the kings of Israel would not be perfect. In fact, he knew how badly they would mess up and fail. God knew that no king would be able to be as perfect as the one true king. There is only one true and perfect king, and that's King Jesus. The kings of Israel were only supposed to point the people to Jesus, the perfect king. But sadly, many of the kings could not even do that. One of the most wicked and evil kings of all the kings who ruled in Judah was King Manasseh. King Manasseh was the son of King Hezekiah. And sadly, King Manasseh did not learn from his father or walk in his ways. He did not walk in the ways of King David, who had followed the Lord with all of his heart. Manasseh did as much evil as any king could do. Manasseh was only 12 years old when he became king, and he ruled in Jerusalem for 55 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He bowed down to all of the stars in the sky and worshiped them. He built altars in the temple of the Lord, altars to false gods, and put them in the house of Yahweh. The Lord had said, In Jerusalem, in the temple at Jerusalem, I will put my name there. But instead of honoring the Lord and the Lord's name in the temple, in the two courts of the temple of the Lord, Manasseh built altars to all of the stars and planets and sun and moon in the sky. He sacrificed his own son in the fire. He practiced divination. He sought omens. He met with mediums and spiritists. He met with fortune tellers. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord. Manasseh took the carved Asherah pole he had made and put it in the temple, of which the Lord had said to David and to his son Solomon, In this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not again make the feet of the Israelites wander from the land I gave their ancestors, if only they will be careful to do everything I command them and will keep the whole law that my servant Moses gave them. But the people did not listen. They could not keep the whole law. Manasseh had led them astray, so that they did more evil than all the nations the Lord had destroyed before them. 
The Lord said through his servants, the prophets, Manasseh, king of Judah, has committed these detestable sins. He has done more evil than the Amorites who preceded him and has led Judah into sin with his idols. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, I am going to bring such disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that the ears of everyone who hears of it will tingle. I will stretch out over Jerusalem the measuring line used against Samaria and the plumb line used against the house of Ahab. I will wipe out Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. I will give the remnant of my inheritance into the hands of the enemies. They will be looted and plundered by all their enemies. They have done great evil in my eyes and have aroused my anger from the day their ancestors came out of Egypt until this day. True Seekers The evil that Manasseh committed in the eyes of the Lord was more evil than any king before him. He had given his heart fully over to wickedness, and because of this the Israelites living in the southern kingdom of Judah would also be forced to leave the promised land, just as the Israelites living in the northern kingdom had been removed. It seemed like all hope was lost. It seemed like Israel would be wiped out forever. Why had God called Abraham and told him that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky if they were only to be destroyed from the land? Why had God rescued them from Egypt, parted the Red Sea, fed them in the wilderness, brought down the walls of Jericho, and led them into the land of Canaan, a land flowing with milk and honey, if only to see them removed? Those are very good questions. And if we stop for a minute to listen to what the prophet Isaiah had to say during this time, we will find some answers to those questions. We will find some clues. What kind of clues, you ask? Clues as to what God was up to. Clues that point us to what his plan was all along. You see, even though the people had sinned and worshipped idols, God knew the Israelites would not be able to save themselves or anyone else for that matter. God chose the Israelites and set them in the promised land because he always had a plan. And no matter what happened or how badly the Israelites sinned, God's plan would still succeed. God was not surprised by the wickedness of King Manasseh. God's plan was still on track. Judgment would come to Judah, and yes, they would be taken from the land because of the idolatry and because of their sinfulness. But, lest they despair in all hopelessness, God sent Isaiah, the prophet, to give them some special words of hope, words to speak to the people. Do you want to know what Isaiah had to say to the people? This is what Isaiah, the prophet, said. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. 
For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Every one who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, who I formed and made. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. But the Lord said, Can a mother forget her baby and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Did you hear that, true seekers? Did you hear the Lord's plan? Even though they would be forced to leave the land, God would bring them back. It was not the end after all. There was a plan. But how? How would God bring them back? Bring them back to himself? How could he overlook their sin? Could he overlook their sin? All of the sin and wickedness? How could God bring them back to himself after all of that? Because he had a plan. Isaiah goes on to give us a really big clue in this next message. I want you to listen closely. Listen to Isaiah's word. Listen for the clue that has to do with a person. Isaiah begins to talk about someone, some man who is coming. Listen to see if you can hear what Isaiah has to say about this man. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This man, he grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, but the Lord has laid on him the sin of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. But oppression and judgment he has taken away. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death though he had done no violence, done no wrong, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life 
and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their sins. Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the sinners, for he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for those who sin. Dear truth seekers, did you hear the clue? Did you listen closely to Isaiah's message? The people living in Judah did not understand it fully at the time. They did not understand what Isaiah was trying to tell them. He was trying to tell them that a man was going to come in the future who would save them. A man who would come and suffer and die and take their sin upon him. Yet this would not be any man. This man would be the Son of God. This man would pour out his life unto death and take upon himself all of the wickedness and evil things Israel had done. This man would come to suffer and die. He would be wounded. He would give his life in the place of Israel so that Israel could be saved. Who was this man? This man that Isaiah is talking about is Jesus. The only way that Israel could be saved from all of her evil and wickedness was through Jesus. It was the only way, true seekers. There was no other way. God chose the Israelites and caused them to be a great nation because he knew that one day he would send his only son, Jesus, to come to earth to be born as a man, as an Israelite. And Jesus would come. He would come to be the perfect sacrifice, to take away not only the sin of the Israelites, but our sin as well. He was the pure and spotless lamb. There was no sin or evil in him. And because he was perfect, he was able to take upon him sin for us. When we see how all of the kings of Israel had failed, we don't have to be discouraged because we know the one true and perfect King Jesus came to overcome. We know he was able to come because he was not just a man, he was God. He was God in flesh, and only God could do something as amazing as that. Where we failed, Jesus succeeded. Where we sinned, Jesus was perfect. And because he overcame, we can now be forgiven and have new life through him. This was God's perfect plan all along. And this is who Isaiah is talking about in his message. Jesus is called the suffering servant in Isaiah's message because Jesus came to suffer and die for us. He came to serve us. He was the suffering servant. He served us by coming to die for us. He gave his life for us and he is the suffering servant. And because he suffered, he knows what it's like when we suffer too. And he can come to us and comfort us and reassure us that in him, everything will work out. Through Jesus, he comes and makes all things new. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 2 Kings chapter 21 and Isaiah chapter 53. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have always had a plan. From the very beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, you were not surprised. You've had a plan to save us from the beginning, and we thank you so much for that. 
We thank you that your word brings us life and truth and shows us the way to you. And that's through Jesus and only Jesus, the true and perfect King. So we love you today, Jesus, and we thank you for coming to suffer and die for us, for taking our sin upon you. We thank you so much that you chose to rescue us and save us from the sin that we could never save ourselves from. We need you, Jesus. We need your salvation. And so we just come and we receive it from you today and we say thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before we go, I have some more reviews to read. You guys have been so great about leaving reviews over in iTunes um, for the podcast. So I want to read one here that says, I am so glad I found your podcast for my kids. I listen to another podcast, but it is more geared towards adults. My kids used to listen to it as well. And at the end, they had a lot of questions. You make it so simple and easy to understand. Further, your voice is so calming and soothing. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for that review. Um, Jolie and Zoe says, my name is Jolie and I am eight. My sister and I listen to your podcast when we go to sleep each night. This is the best in the world. I really like these stories about Hezekiah. Thank you for telling us Bible stories. Jolie, thank you so much for that review. Thank you for listening. And I'm so glad that you have been enjoying the episodes on Hezekiah. This next review from Oregon 2020 says, My 11-year-old daughter and I listen to this podcast every weeknight before she goes to bed. We both absolutely love it and can't imagine a better way to learn God's word and prepare for bed. We both love hearing the Bible stories and love how they are being told and taught. Thank you so much for making this podcast. We can't imagine not listening to it. Thank you again, Elle and Holly. Well, thank you, Elle and Holly. Thank you so much for that review and for listening. Finally, this review says, my girls L10 and Carson7 love listening to your podcast in the mornings on the way in the car. We learned so much. Thank you. Actually, I have a couple more here. Um, this one is from Lauren.Stevens. It says, I like when we listen to the podcast in the car. I've been wanting to write a review to tell you how much I like these podcasts. My favorite one is David and Goliath. Thank you so much. And that is from Eli, age seven. And this next review says, thank you for making these podcasts. My favorite podcast is Adam and Eve. I love your podcast. And that is from Carson, age seven. So thank you, Eli and Carson for listening. And thank you for taking the time to write me that review and to tell me what your favorite episodes are. I appreciate that so much. And finally, this one is from Jacob. He says, hi, I'm Jacob. I love your podcast. I've listened for one year now. The podcast makes me so happy and makes me want to learn more and more every day. Your podcasts are amazing. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jacob. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to our time together next week. <laughs>